shall we move on to the next topic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can you? This is a weird one, but can you? It's counterintuitive. Uh, can you overmarket yourself when searching for a career? Oh yeah. Yeah. You can easily put way too much on a resume. I think you have to make those decisions about what to take off of your resume over time. Um, but I think it's difficult to overmarket yourself. Like Scott, I see you put in a note specific to actuary, so I won't comment on that. But obviously, I think like showing up too early for your interview would be a bad thing. And I'm not saying don't be early, like be five minutes early, but don't be like a half hour or an hour early. You know, I think that those kinds of things perhaps could overmarket yourself. Um, but it's difficult for me to think of too many mistakes people might make overmarketing. I don't know if anybody else has better examples. Could you? Since Tim brought that up, like fifteen minutes is a good time for earliness. <laughs> good tip. Like fifteen at the most. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of look at it as like maybe you could overmarket yourself in interviews and like overshare or like of course you want to talk yourself up and like really sell yourself in a sense but I think there's a very unique trick to how you do that without like boasting or bragging about your past accomplishments which is important like are you guys hinting at the idea that I'm trying to think of a major not of not actual science related um I don't know, you go to like an accounting interview and all you do is talk about how you love Excel and you just use Excel 24-7 and you never sleep ever and all you do is read accounting uh, papers and stuff like that. You mean like just rambling on and on and on? Yeah. So like basically you, Tim, but accounting instead of economics? Exactly. But I feel like <laughs> economists would love me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Economists would be like, I mean, economists would be like, yeah, me too. Accountants would be like, Dude, even we don't enjoy this that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it, I, I know that, so for actuarial science, for instance, right, you can pass too many exams before you get out into the real world and actually have your first experience because then the actuaries have to pay you more to train you, right? I can think about... You know, I'm not sure if it's over-marketing or over-credentialing that I'm really talking about here, though, because you can, you can over-credential. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, there was a guy that I went to grad school with who got a BA and MA, and he, was all, he had all but his dissertation inside of a mathematics discipline. And this, dis this, this discipline was related to finance, and so he went and he interviewed at a a pretty large financial firm. I'm not going to say the name because you guys, everybody knows what it is, right? So um, inside of the interview, after they were talking to this guy who had a lot of credentials and was clearly very smart, they said, Ken, 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 what am I going to do with you? You've got all of these years of mathematics and I'm going to have to bring you in at $100,000 and I'm going to have to spend two years training you about how this really works. And so I think that depending on the field that you really want to get into, and again, you know, it's a matter of having that goal at the end. I think you can over-credential yourself and either you'll be working at a reduced rate based on what your credentials are, what credentials you actually possess, 
or you might get some um, pushback from people at the company because for somebody who's making that amount of money, um, you're, you're certainly not able to do as much as somebody who's had two or three years of experience, that whole academics versus experience thing that we started off the podcast with. Um, but can you overmarket yourself? If overmarket means over-credential, yes. I guess it all depends on the market. <laughs> yeah. It all depends on the market. Um, something that this section also made me think of, uh, when you go into an interview, I feel like you should always go into it with an attitude like you deserve the job. You know, um, I think for me, a lot of the time, especially I went to a lot of interviews freshman year and didn't get jobs out of them. I was like very aware that like, if you look at my transcript, like I didn't really have much of anything. I was a freshman and I was applying for mostly uh, internships targeted at juniors. And I think that an attitude of more confidence and like, I deserve this internship would have helped me bridge that gap that my transcript was showing. But I was aware that I was like really reaching for that internship. So I think always going in there and, and realizing you deserve the opportunities that fall before you. I think that that's important. Well said. I got nothing. Well said. What do you think, Em? I don't know. This one, I feel like everyone touched on everything that I feel too. It's hard to say. I agree. Yeah. Like it's hard to yeah. say. That's all I got. <laughs> Inside of that interview situation, Tim, when you did all of your interviews, did you ever take them over? I mean, did you did you wind up interviewing some of the people who were interviewing you? Like you were interviewing them for fit, do you know what I mean? No, that never that never I heard came that's to the goal. The the other thing that, that happened, um, I think employers realized it before I did that my major was going to change. If you get what I'm saying. Yep. Um, Tim, which time? Uh, of the Many of the times. <laughs> um, Do you have one more in you? One more major? Actuarial science. <laughs> come, come to actuarial science. Come to the dark side. <laughs> you can do it. No. Yeah, come Actuarial science have, is a driving major. Come to the dark side. We <laughs> really have Darth Vader. Actuarial if science. I declare actuarial science, I'll have to be an actuary. No. No, you don't have to. Nope. Wait, okay. On our podcast, like once an episode, we talk about what exactly does an actuary do, <laughs> and we can't answer it. So now that we there have is no you answer. here, there really can we is like no ask answer. you what does an actuary do? If so, you include the word risk, I'm cutting it out. <laughs> no risk management. That's yeah. really hard without the word risk. So let yeah. me give risk first, and then after that, I will I, I will give you I will give you a different answer. Okay, okay. fair enough. All right. So um, at its core, right, an actuary is a mathematician who works in business, and this professional is responsible for analyzing managing and ultimately pricing risk. Um, so um, what do I mean when I say risk? Well, 
if you think about it from a statistical standpoint, risk is standard deviation, right? Standard deviation, what is that for those of you who haven't taken a statistics class? Well, in life, you have an expectation about something that's going to happen. And then standard deviation is a way of measuring how far away from that expectation things really are. It's a mathematical way, a statistical way of quantifying that expectation. So when you think about actuaries, the way that these, these, these professionals originally started was with life insurance, right? And so there's a chance that somebody's going to die next year, right? Now, if you're young, the chances are very, very small. And if you're old, um, 80, 85 years old, the, the chances are significantly larger, right? So there's an expectation of what the percentage, the probability that it is you're going to die. And then there's a deviation from that. And the reason why they have to do this is because you pay for insurance for a very, very long time to get a payoff, a, a benefit to make sure that the loved ones that you have um, are able to maintain their lifestyle, right? So there's a lot of money that's involved inside of it. And so that's why I say, okay, what does an actuary do? Well, they manage, they analyze, and they ultimately price risk, the deviation from expectations that people have for particular products, okay? And when you think about this not outside of the insurance realm, well, think about it from this particular perspective, right? Suppose that you are in an urban environment. Um, what's the probability that if you call for an Uber that it takes you over an hour to get, a, get an Uber? And is Uber doing what Uber needs to do if you are waiting for a full hour in order to get the car, right? Do they need to hire more drivers? So one could argue that that's actuarial thinking. That's another way that actuaries apply. Tim, you might very well say that's the job of the economist. And I would say you're probably right, right? Because mm -hmm. you're talking about balancing value there, right? How many drivers do I have? What kind of service am I offering the people that we have? Um, but I would also argue that it's the role of an actuary. In fact, if you take a look at the CEO of Uber, you know what he was? Was he an actuary? Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Wow. I had no idea. Wow. You know, I get the whole joke that Tim should switch to actuary. I mean, actuarial science. And like, I don't by any means mean that Tim is not smart. He, Tim is very smart, but Tim is a whole different kind of smart between economics and actuary. I think he would do very well in actuary, but Tim is just like so good at economics. Business no. made of money. Yeah. That, that's the thing that, okay, so actuaries, clearly, they have to have a handle on economics as well, right? Perhaps not as good a handle as you have, Tim, or you have, Emily, but they have to have some kind of a grip on the basic laws of supply and demand and, and pricing and that kind of a thing. But what I've always appreciated about economists is their ability to think around corners and to take a, 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 a thing that a mathematician looks at as absolutely dead on straight from point A to point B. And then they take the view askew just a little bit and they show that it's far more complicated than the mathematician thinks it is than moving along that path. Um, and the skills that you develop inside of game theory, inside of those, those types of courses, they're absolutely fascinating to me. Um, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. Probably the most important, interesting, excuse me, not important part of what I think of 
So, Em, did that answer your question a little bit better than these guys do? My mind is, like, blown right now. <laughs> that was, like, everything I needed. Because every episode, we kind of touch on it, and Ben and Scott are like, I don't really know. Yeah. I don't really know exactly what goes on. Scott literally has an I don't think I said that. Internship. <laughs> and we don't know. <laughs> Emily, are you going to be an actuary? Do it. Declare a real major. John doesn't know about this inside joke. Oh, yeah. What, what, Emily, what is your major, Emily? So I have the... They say I don't have a major. Yes, you do. It's I do. concentrations, right? It's the concentration. <laughs> so, so what are you concentrating on? I have corporate finance and entrepreneurship. What are you going to do with, with corporate finance and entrepreneurship? Well, I'm hoping to start my own venture right after college. What's your idea? So right now... Whoa, 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 whoa. We whoa, don't whoa. Want can to you say on the podcast on or is it going to get stolen? <laughs> oh, I can, I, can put it, I can put it out there. Okay. Um, you. Well, okay, guys. They actually say that 99% of ideas shared to like the common public, there's a 1% chance that it's going to get stolen because no one else has the drive like you do to pursue it. Because they took it from it's you. True. Yeah, that's true. It didn't originate from them. All right. But, okay. Jesus, I like it. Emily. I like it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> that's what they say. Okay. So, over my past, like, three years at school, I've been tossing in and out ideas. I mean, everything from apps to websites, different products, services. I mean, my last one was a product that crushes up dog food so that the owner doesn't have to do it and you could spend less time. Tim and Scott and Ben, did you even know about this? No. No. Okay. Well, that's what I pitched at the last um, Shark Tank at our college. My next venture, I think John might absolutely hate me after I say this. I told the boys about this the other night. Um, it's a wine service that delivers bottles to your home for like post breakup experiences so like we're in a time where like our generation goes through a lot of like the hookup cultures breakups it's a very sensitive topic but there's no market that serves like at-home deliveries for girls who are going through it you know I don't yeah. hate you at all. I think it's very, very interesting. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, we'll pick it up another time. It picked up another time, but that's what my goal is. That's what I've been working on this summer. Um, I saw a market and I just jumped on it, you know? And people may think that it's sexist that you're only going for women, but like this would not help men at all. Men need the boys for a weekend, like in Vegas or something. That's what helps yeah. us. No, I'd not still argue delivers. men drown their <laughs> sorrows in alcohol. Yeah. Yeah, but not wine. Okay, well, yeah, wine. So alcohol. I'm sorry, you know, I've been married for a very long time, but if. If I were you at this point and I had had a serious break breakup, I would play some Fortnite because, you know, you just... <laughs> uh, nah, nah, nah. Apex no? Legends. Fortnite's dying. Yeah. Which one is that, Ben? Apex Legends. Okay. Better first-person shooter it's, game. It's the grown-up version of Fortnite. Yeah. 
more mature. Yeah. I'm recording on my hotspot and my phone is dying. (laughs) Go plug it in. Plug it in. I I did it. Okay. (laughs) Just letting the fans know. Emily. Um, What? Weren't you about to say something? No. Oh, okay. Moving on. So. I mean, we did have a whole episode about internships. I don't know how much you guys want to talk about that. We we touched on it a little. Um, insert link to internship episode here. <laughs> <laughs> so what do companies not care about in a student or on their resume? I know Tim says this a lot. Man, I've been saying a lot of things that Tim says a lot. Um, you should, well, actually, Tim says oh. somebody told him this. You should work to get high school off of your resume. What do you say? Like by the end of sophomore year? Is that what you normally say? Yeah. yeah. I think the end of sophomore is fair, but if you can do it earlier, that's better. Yeah. John, you're very opinionated on minors, aren't you? Very. Wait, I want to hear about this. <laughs> we had a whole ep- Very they matter or very they don't? <laughs> He says that he is very opinionated on this, but when I, he's my, John's my advisor. So over the summer when I was like, Hey, I'm going to get an economics minor. And I like had a zoom meeting with John. I was like, I'm thinking of getting an economics minor. What do you think? He was so nonchalant. He's like, if you think it's a good idea. I was like, that was advisor, John. (laughs) So I can't, I can't express my uh, feeling about minors without swearing. Um, so I, I, I have to be very careful here. So minors are important for certain majors. Okay. Um, and there are some minors that are universally important, right? Because again, I'll bring it up. Ben, you already brought up the math minor, right? I was about to do that as big like, uh, math. The, the math minor right there. Okay. People will look at you say, Oh, well, they must be at least kind of smart because not kind of smart people don't get math minors, right? Uh, computer science minor, right? Being able to, um, b- being able to automate some kind of a process for a company that they, so that they can spend their time on, on doing something more important or more fulfilling. Um, that, that can be an important piece to the puzzle, right? Um, if you're in creative arts, having something like a business minor to back you up to know, uh, you know, not only can you act inside of the theater, um, but you can run it, right? Or you can run box or you, you, can, you can do the paperwork necessary to run things. But in general, right? Nobody gives a crap about your minor. They don't care. It might be something that they bring up inside of an interview. Um, what so so this is okay he's getting all fidgety he's gonna (laughs) because it it can be easily misinterpreted where i'm coming here all right because i i said that and i don't really mean it at all because 
academics bring up this thing called the minor. And usually it's somewhere between 15 and 21 credit hours at your institution. And it's a series of rigorous classes that will allow you to be able to do something that you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Now, it's not as good as a major, but the fact of the matter is it's somewhere along the way that gives you a little bit of an extra credential. Yeah, okay, fine. So here's my real question to anybody who's created a minor. If I only do 12 of those 15 credit hours, how much less of a minor am I really? Well, clearly from one perspective, I'm three credit hours less, right? And it means the difference between me not having the minor and me having a minor. But if it means me taking those 12 hours of uh, picking up a skill inside of that 12 hour thing and not getting the minor because I was using those extra credit hours in order to make myself pick up another skill, which is going to lead me along the path where I'm going to go. I argue that the minor isn't, it's not as beneficial. Okay. What's the right word here? What utility is utility. The right word here. I don't think it is benefit value. What's the right word. It's almost like future benefit. Value. It's better to get the skills that you want that are going to lead you into a place where you're going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Then it is to spend an extra 15 credit hours, five classes worth of time doing something that just gets you the credential. And that's why, Emily, you do have a major. Thank God. I was getting nervous. <laughs> no, she doesn't. <laughs> you have a major. It's, it's, it's off the beaten path. And you're doing all of the things that you need to do in order to get to that path. And I just, I, I think that's really, really exciting. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love hearing that kind of stuff. And that's why, Ben, when you say, yeah, actuarial science and the mind, because I know it's going to get you where you want to go. I get really, really excited. Right? Okay. Tim, economics and computer science, or what, what's your minor? He doesn't Man. have one. Well done. Elect well. Take all of those electives <laughs> and do what you want to do with them in order to develop yourself in the place where you want to go. Yeah, all of his electives are already full because he's changed majors nine times, eight times. Scott, you're analytics, right? I'm double econ actuarial science with business analytics concentration. Analytics concentration. So I'm winning. Scott said econ first. <laughs> Congratulations, Tim. <laughs> yeah, so I, I forgot where we were going with all of that. I have no idea. Uh, we were talking about what uh, companies care about on resumes. Yeah. And what they don't care about. So do they care about a minor? Yeah, if it develops you a skill that's going to get them to where you want to go. Um, mm -hmm. And otherwise, hey, look, it might be also something, you know, but I mean, this is just kind of like lucky, right? So if, if you have a creative arts minor and you've, your the person who's interviewing you has a creative arts minor that might be just something that you pick up on but it's kind of like catch his catch can right i mean it, it, you you can't count on that inside of an interview situation although when you do have it, it it might be the thing that gets you the job you know that 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 personal interaction that you're able to to center in on inside of the interview so yeah Miners, I have strong feelings about them. And those strong feelings are get the pictures that you, excuse me, get the pieces of the miner that you want in order to develop the skills that get you where you want to go. And if it leads to the credential of a miner, worry about it. And if it doesn't, and you got a better way to spend your time, worry about that. Mm -hmm. 
don't think you have to graduate college with a minor. Well, unless it's part of the degree requirements, which it isn't at our college. Ooh, ooh, I just got a nice waft of pizza. My mom's making pizza. Oh, that was good. <laughs> Making me hungry. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Scott. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Like, what, what do companies not care about at all on your resume? I agree with the minors thing. I agree with the the high school material. Um, I think that there are activities that you could just be including to fill up space. I think that activities are a, what's the word like uh Side thought. it's like a fine line between an activity that matters and doesn't you can easily have things that don't in that section like i'll say even um at the end of sophomore year when i had officially knocked off all of the high school stuff i had some activities that i don't really think were that relevant um since then i think i've filled out that section pretty well but I think that there tends to be some fluff in there and maybe also in the skills section as you're developing your hard skills. I think what I'm going to say is if only put things, well, not only put things, but try to mostly put things on your resume that like for volunteer things that you've done or extracurricular things that you've done. um, Like I wouldn't put, I'm on the ultimate Frisbee team under extracurriculars because I just like play ultimate sometimes like that doesn't, um, it doesn't give me any additional, Oh wow. He's such a great action actuary. Like it doesn't add anything to my experience. Wow. We forgot that word. It doesn't make me seem like a better candidate. It's just like, I'm on the ultimate Frisbee team. Like that doesn't add anything to me. Um, so try to only put things that, are adding quality to you, but also they are important to you. What do you guys think about uh, positions in certain clubs? If you write down, like, I'm the treasurer of the accounting club or something like that. You guys think I think it's important. The roles of certain clubs. You, yeah, you were jumping in about clubs, Emily. On oh, I think it shows some leadership, um, like capabilities. It shows, um, obviously, time commitment. I personally don't think you should put, like, I've seen resumes where people put three to six hours per week or um, however time's, like, allotted for that club or role. But I think that if you just give a title, it's important and kind of just, like, build some background character to who you are and the role you serve. Okay. I argue that there's a lot of people who write down those positions and do diddly squat in those clubs. I agree. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it also depends on the club. Like, True. For, for Ultimate Frisbee, we have four captains because that's the e-board. Uh, secretary, treasurer, vice president, president. Secretary and president. Secretary? What are yeah, you doing, secretary? Secretary and the vice president do nothing. <laughs> the president and the, and the uh, treasurer do everything. But, like, because the, the secretary and the vice president are, like, captains, like, they'll run practice and things like that sometimes. But, like, on the e-board side of things, nothing. So, like, secretary of Ultimate Frisbee, 
don't put that on there. But if you're like treasurer of the accounting club, you're the treasurer of accountants. Like definitely put that on there. And I guess you have to be 110% prepared for follow-up interview questions because they will look at your resume. They will ask you what you do. And it is going to be very awkward if you do nothing. <laughs> so, so do yeah. something. So do something or don't put it down. If you, say, if you say, yeah, just put that on there. I don't do anything. Done. End of that interview. I signed up for 30 clubs at Club Fair. Did you? Did you really? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's oh, not okay. me. I'm just saying. What? Speaking about, never mind. I signed up for like six. Instead of relevant courses, you have relevant clubs. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you guys. Do you guys think it's, or let me rephrase this. What GPA is a good GPA that you include it in your resume? Who? C's get degrees. <laughs> um, people don't include it? Honestly, I would only I, include my GPA if it was like 3.9 or higher. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I would totally say absolutely anything above 3.0. And I, I would say e- even like 2.7s, I think, I think have plenty of space on resumes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've always wondered because like I obviously don't have a 4.0, but I'm like, where's the line? Like if, what's a good GPA? 3.0 to 3.5, 3.5 to 3.9. Like everyone has their own personal goals, you know? Maybe I just have very high standards for myself, Tim. I don't think I'll ever get to above 3.9 again. But I definitely think that's good. way too high as a minute. I think if you have okay. a 3.7, most employers are going to be very impressed. Gotcha. <laughs> I only had a 4.0 because I had four classes when I transferred, and the, your GPA doesn't follow you when you transfer. All of your previous classes will come in as like a T. I took four keep in, like obviously. Keep in mind uh, – Three seven is an A minus, so that's like a ninety two. Yeah. If you don't put it, they're gonna ask you. That's a good point. True. Yeah. They're gonna ask you. So maybe in that case, get better grades. <laughs> that's the only real solu- solution I I see that. I was gonna say, don't put it so that they do ask you, and you can like explain if it's not such a great GPA or put it if it's not such a great GPA so that they don't ask you. <laughs> so everybody should have their GPA on their resume. I think, yeah. Yeah. I changed my mind. That's, that's kind of where I was leaning. Yeah. Even though I gave a minimum. I was like, I guess there's a minimum. We should throw them for a curveball and do a range, like 3.5 to 3.9. Take a guess. Nah. <laughs> What type of don't, student do I don't, don't, even put, don't put the number. Put the letter. <laughs> That's it. That's all they get. <laughs> number between. <laughs> it's between a two and a four point one. Oh. Um. Okay. Let's move on to the next thing here. Um, don't want to go too long in this podcast, but how to prepare for interviews? Episodes. What's that, Ben? We'll split it into two episodes could do that um preparing for interviews um we've all been on interviews correct yep been sort of um (laughs) so what would you guys say the things you did that helped you find success for getting hired 
I have a longer form of my resume that has all the things that I say if I get asked questions about those things. Oh, that is genius. Um, I have that so I can like copy it. <laughs> so especially in like the activities section, like if it if it's something I did sophomore year that's not really fresh in my head, I have like the things in that to like refresh my memory on. Um, hmm. So that's something I go over before an interview. It's a good hack. Um, I think being friendly is so important. People will not want to hire somebody who's like quiet, like no facial expressions. Um, so a little bit of humor is good, um, but not too much. <laughs> you don't make a joke at every question. That's just a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But. Can I say something about masks right now also? So I haven't been on an interview since um, COVID started. Uh, but something I've noticed about masks is you can't see people smiling. So the only way that you can know if people are smiling is like by the way that they talk. So definitely like if you're going on an interview right now and like a mask is involved, you should be as excited as possible because you're used to just smiling at people and then like, you know, that translating, but now like you have to show it through what you say and how you say it. So I think that's a relevant tip in the moment. It's a great tip, Tim. Tim tips. We should make a shirt that's Tim tips. It can be one of those shirts that's like just made out of like really tiny words. Do I have enough tips for that? That would be genius. Yeah. That would be cool. We should do that. We'll work on it. <laughs> okay, Emily, you're up next. For me, I think just do your research. Oh, on the company, the position you're applying for, um, just go into it like very knowledgeable. Um, you know yourself better than anyone else. Um, touch up on your skills, but I think it's important to understand company values, goals, um, what they expect out of you, um, responsibilities. I don't know. Just definitely look into it. Don't go into there just ready to talk about you. You know, definitely tie it together with the company. I'm going to keep my answer extremely short. Hmm. Research the company. Know, know thyself, know what you're good at, know what you're bad at, know what you can bring to the table um, and turn the interview on them and be prepared to ask them questions. That's a good recap. Make sure to tell them what their mission statement is. Yeah. Yeah. Be ready to say what your biggest weaknesses are because that's an interview question which I dreaded for a long time. I get killed on that question every interview. Whenever somebody asks you what your greatest weakness is, Whenever you say what your greatest weakness is, you should not be like, this is my greatest weakness. You should say the room that I have the, I mean, the place where I have the most room for improvement is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My greatest weakness is kryptonite. <laughs> it's not the <laughs> And apparently foot races against the flash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say this because it's one of the biggest mistakes that first time interviewers can. I'm going to go, Scott, you said it. I'm going to highlight it. When they ask you the question, do you have any questions about the company? Make sure that you ask at least one intelligent question about the company. Even if you had the greatest conversation on the face of the planet with the person who's interviewing. Um, 
it, it, it can be anything. It can be dirty detail questions, but you have to have one about what that company is doing. Um, and as best you can when you're preparing for interviews, what these guys said about turning it, in, turning it into a conversation and you interviewing them as much as them interviewing you. It just, it takes so much pressure. It makes, it makes the situation fun rather than pro forma. Or getting grilled. Yeah. 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 I hate getting an grilled. An interview, not an interrogation. Yes. That's, yeah. That's right. Remember, they as the company are interviewing for you as their employee. Tim Tip. <laughs> um, okay. References. You guys think they're important? Be. Yeah. Yes, I think I do. But I uh, go ahead. Ben, you you had already started. All right. I think that almost everything nowadays is like a letter of recommendation. This letter of recommendation that, except for like a couple careers. So I think I think it's important, um, but it shouldn't be like a family friend or something like that. It should be like a previous boss for sure or mm-hmm. or a professor at your college who knows you well that you've had a lot of classes with and like research classes for Tim for economics majors and things like that um yeah your advisor if they're a good advisor <laughs> Ben pretty much said what I was going to say me oh. too Sorry. you covered it job Ben I have nothing to add so well done Ben that was my good two cents for the episode (laughs) well done um yeah and then just last thing here uh, before we get into lightning round is extracurricular activities that are good to put on your resume touched on clubs a little Make sure you're actually doing something in that club. Um, Anything that shows you're a human being. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. It rounds you out. Um, Extracurricular activities, as long as they don't detract from you being able to say, this is how I fit your company. This is how I'm going to be able to do it. Anything that shows you're a human. Well, I I just said anything. That is a very, very dangerous word. Um, So, so, the, the stuff that you participate in that make you who you are outside of, like you, you guys were saying, ultimate Frisbee, put it on there. Maybe they have an ultimate Frisbee team and they need a ringer for it. They need a what? I got nothing. No, no examples? Nope. <laughs> Extracurricular activities, I mean. Oh, honor societies, very important. That's going to be tough to speak about during an interview. Well, yeah. A fraternity or sorority at your college. I know our college only has a limited amount, but like I'm in a business fraternity. It could be a good topic of conversation for interviews. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that reminds me. The two honor societies that I'm in, I haven't gone to a meeting because they're at my old school. So it's going to be like two years. Yikes. Yikes. 
I would say even if you put like a club sport or intramural sport on there, you could twist it and say like, I really enjoy exercise and that that's what keeps you motivated to work harder in life. I don't know. I don't know if you play an instrument. I think it's cool when I meet people in, especially in college who continued playing an instrument throughout like, I don't know. I feel like it started and was very strong, like elementary school, middle school. If you continued it through high school and still have those skills in college, I think it's fun. Never learned. Definitely. I mean, I can play the Star Wars and Stranger Things theme songs and the Legend of Zelda theme song on the piano, but like I can't play an instrument. (laughs) I am incapable of playing an instrument and don't try to convince me otherwise. I agree with that. Tim is awful. He cannot even clap to keep a beat. Like, he can't. It's impossible. True story. Yeah. Tim, can you sing? Ha! Hey, you don't want want me to find out. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Economists can't sing. No. Guess not. (laughs) I know an economist who plays guitar and plays extremely good guitar you talking about here you mean matt no no it's oh. not matt aaron oh it's a- yeah Tim, oh, you should that's know that. true <laughs> yeah. that's true oh yeah oh my bluegrass yeah that's i understand it. yeah and he's like yeah <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it happens all the time yeah okay you guys ready for the lightning round Yes. yes. Uh, okay. Ben, me, Emily, Tim, in that order. Okay. Hang on, let me scroll down. All right. So, are you ready? Insert catchy lightning round music. It's been a while. <laughs> yep. Ready? Am I the one answering the questions? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Just you. Just you. <laughs> All right. So, it's one to two word answers um, just as quickly as possible. You got it. Also, are we giving him a minute? Like we try. Oh, yeah. I'll start the timer. So you have a minute. We're going to ask you as many questions as we can, and you're going to answer as many as you can in that minute. I got to get in closer to the computer because that'll be better. Okay, Okay. go ahead. Are you ready, Tim? Oh, and you can pass. So, Ben, the moment you ask the first question, I'll click start. Okay. And, yes, Scott's right. You can pass if you, like, can't think fast enough. Okay. Is it grammatically proper to capitalize the names of seasons? No. Okay. Scale of one to ten, how good are you at trivia? Ten. Is any roller coaster too intimidating for you, or would you ride any? No, any. <laughs> <laughs> what temperature do you like your thermostat at? Sixty-nine. What's your middle name? Oh, pass. <laughs> uh, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Peanut butter. Would you rather go to space or the deep ocean? Space. Pixar or DreamWorks? Pixar. Who would win in an arm wrestle, Superman or the Hulk? Hulk. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah. Yes. What app do you use the most? What who? What app do you use the most? Um, uh, Google Maps. What's the greatest movie of all time? Godfather. Yes. That's a great answer. And time is up. You said that. 
I was starting to worry that we'd run out of questions. Yeah, so I, I, like I think that might have been a repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but everybody confuses it with the Johnny Depp debacle. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the debacle. Debacle. It that is was... a debacle. Oh, yeah. Supposedly, it's closer to the book, though. I haven't read the book. <laughs> I heard that too. No, but um, nobody can beat Gene Wilder. Just so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emily, you want to close us off? Yes. Thanks for watching, everyone. We're College Made Easy, and a huge shout out to John for coming back. Our favorite guest so far. <laughs> um. Scott, do you have any word from our sponsors, or am I missing anything? Uh, no, I got the not- Amazon affiliate links below. Yeah. There like, we go. Right. <laughs> Hit the bell. Check out the College Made Easy podcast merch. Tim's face is fantastic. Um, oh, LEDs. LEDs for your college dorm room. Very important if you want to have a good time when you're balancing school and career. That's all you Absolutely. got. <laughs> Thanks for watching, guys. Good luck. See you on the next one.